Greetings, troubled listeners, and welcome back to the Troubled Men podcast. I am Renee Komen, sitting in my safe house on the line with my co-host, the original troubled man for troubled times and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Hey, buddy. What's going on with you? Oh, you know, I'm hanging in there, man. It's it's been a been a busy week. I was just looking back on it since we talked last. I realized I've done four live streams with four different bands. It's almost like a regular really? week of work. Yeah. Wow. But are you getting paid? Um, well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> details, who's, details. Yeah, who's watching right, these right. live streams? Um, yeah. actually, you know, it's, it's, uh, no, you can, you can see we have hundreds of people watching the times. Um, so, you know, often more, people I did a live stream. I did a live stream, uh, on late Sunday night. I did huh. a live stream. Yeah. Okay. It, it was, uh, me and two Larry Flint, uh, hookers. We live stream <laughs> okay. and we, we played the kazoos together. Did, did that get a big response? I have no idea because I don't know the technology. Okay. I don't know right, the technology, right. but it was a lot of fun. Okay, well, well, very good. I guess you're you're uh, getting in on the act too, man. It's 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 good that you have some free time from. Uh, well, so so Sunday, so you did that instead of watching the uh, Super Bowl. Now I know it was Super Blow weekend for you. I, I did I did that after the Super Blow weekend, and okay. um, it was uh, after that. But you know the Super Bowl. Blow weekend was a lot of fun. Uh, And it it was weird because, to be honest with you, it was the first time I watched it from beginning to end, the whole game. Because I don't really, you know, I get bored with it because my team's not in it. So what do I care, you know? I'm saying it felt like it was a boring game. Well, for our Kansas City fans, I'm sure it was boring. Yeah, you know, (laughs) which I didn't mind. Which, uh, 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 but I thought that, you know, I actually, um, since I watched it from beginning to end, I watched the halftime show, which I never really watch. I never mm-hmm. really watched the halftime show because I'm not interested in any, many of the acts. Um, and they had this guy, The Weeknd. The right. Weeknd was the halftime performer. And God, that thing was so boring. I thought I was watching a, uh, a, a blind dog trying to catch a Frisbee halftime show. <laughs> You know, God, it was boring. And, and, and I th- thought to myself after the, after the, I thought to myself after the halftime show, thank God his name isn't the three day weekend. Cause it would have been even okay. more boring. You know, God, that was just the, it was, it was the worst. It, it, it had to be the, one of the worst things I've ever seen. Well, I, I did catch some of that, Manny. And, and I have to say, I thought all the, uh, the, the extra, the dancers with the, the bandages all over their heads was particularly disturbing. I was, uh, yeah, I, I, I had no idea what that meant. What was he trying to prove with that? Uh, what, I, you know, what did that mean? You know? just, just to reinforce the post-apocalyptic uh, uh, hellscape that we're all trying to, to survive and you try to watch a game and forget about it for a few minutes. And, uh, and there you go. I was going to say, you saw they had like 20,000 fans in that stadium, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, yeah, I, yeah, I did see that. And so, Crazy. and it's Florida, but it's Florida. So what do you expect, man? Right. That's a big super spreader event, man. Oh yeah. It was a super spreader event. And, uh, 
for those football players who were there, I'm hopefully they're going to be safe and all that. But it was it was insanity, and uh, like I said, uh, the game. You know, like I said last week with our last guest, uh, the only thing I hope for, is if my team's not playing, is that the stadium blows up, and it didn't. It didn't blow up, so right. I was right. kind of disappointed. Oh well, always next year, Manny. That's what they say about uh, yeah. The Super wait till right? next year. Yeah, wait till next year. Exactly. You know, but uh, but it was you know I I. I could care less. I didn't have any money on the game, so it is what it is. And uh, uh, I'm just waiting for uh, next year. It's wait till next year. It's always for me. It's always wait till right, next right. year. Now the Raiders, uh, uh, how, how are they doing? Uh, what's are they on? Is this a rebuilding period for them, uh, or is it? Uh, do you you feel like the team's getting stronger? Um, what's your expectations uh, well forward. we're all you know you ask any team they're always rebuilding even the team yeah. that wins a Super Bowl, they're always rebuilding so it is a rebuilding year and uh, okay yeah, we'll, see, we'll see what happens with that but uh, uh other than that you know um we have uh you know uh, we're, we're during uh, this tonight the night that we're recording right now would be the big muses parade you know, because yes. Mardi Gras has been the parades have been canceled here in the city, and if we right. if they weren't canceled, we'd have the big uh, uh, female crew muses where they give out those shoes, and every right. time I catch a, you know I catch a shoe, uh, how can I wear it? I need the other shoe. You know, it's like how, how do you okay. wear these? You know, I need the other shoe. But anyway, so that's, you know, that's what's going on this week. And, and I'm, I'm very curious about how this city is going to perform in the next 96 hours because uh, this is the big weekend of Mardi Gras. And right. well, we our, have all the bars our, shutting down um, at midnight tonight, or, or is it tomorrow or something? But it's I think the, it's the, sometime tomorrow. Uh, I'm okay. just very curious to see how, how it's going to be enforced because – you know, our police department doesn't really enforce much. I mean, they're basically good at, at, um, at parades. They're good with parades, but, right. uh, and, you know, uh, in, you know, enforcing the, uh, the parades and stuff. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm very curious cause you know, uh, um, it's, uh, it's going to be something to see as we get closer and closer to fat Tuesday, how much of this enforcement is going to go on? And like we said last week, our mayor has invited the world to come to New Orleans because Mardi Gras is open, but she's told the citizens to stay at home. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what? what? What are you saying, Latoya? Well, you saw the pictures from this past weekend of uh, Bourbon Street, huh? I, I was shocked. It- the, it, it looked like any regular Saturday night from two years ago, you know, like couldn't fit more people in the street, you know, shoulder to shoulder. I mean, right. I don't know what they're doing, yeah. just walking up and down the street. Most of them you can see in the picture, a lot of them with no masks on. And uh, it's like, gee whiz, what's, what's the attraction? The attraction is maybe that they're getting away with it, you know. Uh, but, but the thing that's going on now, and I find very curious is that uh, the people, you know, I'm not into Mardi and I, I kind of got over Mardi Gras about 15 years ago, but the people who are still into it, the locals, now this whole uh, 
a porch float thing. The people with the porch floats. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and in fact, uh, last Sunday, uh, the wife and I walked around our neighborhood and um, we saw some porch floats and, and now it's an actual crew. It's a legit crew where uh, they have signs saying float, uh, porch float 16 from the cl- crew of floats. Okay. And, and you can and so drive around, follow a map and go see. Well, you I, can, I, you I actually went and saw some of them myself. Yeah, I did that the same thing last right. weekend. What did you think? Okay. Well, no, I, what I thought was that, um, well, it was stupid. That's what I thought. But, um, okay. but I also thought that if you're going to get people, and this is a legit crew now, and they have a virtual map where to go see all these porch floats. So what I thought was going to happen is that now – you're going to be people on Fat Tuesday or even like this Saturday or this Sunday or Lundi Gras Day. You know, they're going to have, they're not going to work and they're going to get drunk and they're going to start driving to see these porch floats. And these mm. porch floats are like, these porch floats are like all around Orleans Parish, Jefferson Parish, the West Bank. So you're going to see people getting in their cars and drinking and then starting to go to this virtual tour of these porch floats. And you're going to see a lot of fucking road rage. A lot of fucking hmm. road rage, man. Because people are going to pull up to see a float, and they're going to be drinking heavily, and there's going to be a car behind them like saying, come on, you've seen the float, move on. That kind of stuff. It's, I think it's going to be a hairy situation. I think it's going to be a very – and then you had said a, a week or so ago that you think these porch floats are here to stay, right? I, 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 I think that, yes, I think like anything in New Orleans, you know, that once people see that's something they can do, they're never going to let go of that. They'll be doing them every right. year. Right. Yeah. So I think it's going to be a very sketchy situation. Maybe not a couple of years from now when this whole thing is over with, where we can actually have parades again and stuff like that. But at least this weekend, I think it's going to be a little sketchy, a little, a little hairy. Well, Harry, you know, because I, I went and drove around and saw a bunch of these, but I wasn't drinking while I was doing it. So uh, I know but that was what last week, last week. Yeah. You think if I yeah. did it this weekend, I'd, I'd, I'd be more inclined uh, yeah. to, uh, to be boozing it well, up. <laughs> well, other people will be not, maybe not okay. you, but other people will be. And they're going okay, well, to have the little beach chairs on the bed of their pickup truck. And they're going to be drinking and they're going to be pu- blasting music and all that kind of stuff so i think it can cause for a hairy situation i really do starting to sound like a good time manny actually but uh, Uh, we'll we'll see yeah yeah you may be it's been nice knowing you then renee it's been nice knowing you like i said you you, you say that every couple of weeks manny somehow i'm still here i don't know um but yeah yeah no i'm i'm i i I do appreciate uh your your well wishes I'll, i'll try to try to stay out of out of the fray i'm definitely definitely going to stay off of bourbon street and out of the french quarter because that uh well you're not allowed in there apparently they're not allowed to go in there yeah they block they're blocking the whole whole quarter is going to be closed i mean you can't even walk in no you unless you're a resident or a business person or someone who's visiting and staying in a hotel in the french quarter Hmm. you're not allowed in there because I, I was intending to go uh, Mardi Gras day to walk to a friend's house who lives in the quarter and, and sit in his backyard across the yard from him and, uh, you know, socialize. Wow. But uh, I'll have to see. Yeah, I'll have to, have to let you know how that goes. Yeah, let me know how that goes. Right on. Right on. 
Well, uh, yes, uh, that's uh, so. So, yeah, the, the house floats, and also they had uh, Crew de Vu, which would have rolled last last week. Uh, they also they had uh, they had some displays around around the city of, of of all that as well. Well, you know, I was thinking uh, you were saying about muses. Now, this is one parade that you might go to, but other than this parade, you probably will see the same number of parades this year than you did in previous years, which is none <laughs> except for that muses. No, I don't. I don't really care for muses. I I, uh, no, I, I, thought, only, you, I, I thought your daughter used to like to to, to yeah, get, get well, take her to yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, we would take her to that. But um, I don't. I you know I, the problem with muses is that it 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 just it stalls constantly. And if it's you're a long if you like yep. yeah, and if you're like somewhere downtown, a CBD, or even by the Lee Circle, whatever. I mean, the first float, I mean, it starts at 6.30. You don't see the first float till like 11.30 at night. It's just like, it's just, you know, and I used to live at the cir- above the circle bar, you know? And, uh, right. yeah, it's a, it's, yeah, I don't know. I, it's whatever. Uh, I, I, it's uh, something that uh, I'm happy that's not rolling, in, uh, you know. Uh, okay. But my daughter doesn't care about it anymore. She doesn't really care about it. So what's going on with you? Oh no, that's that's. I think we covered everything with me. Um, maybe we should bring our guest in here because she's very sure. Polite. She's sitting, great. sitting, sitting very politely and and quietly. How do you know um, she's sitting? Well, I, I'm she's just assuming standing maybe, right now. You know? Maybe she's standing, but uh, yeah, I, th- okay. I think she's probably sitting. But we'll have to ask her. Um, so uh, anyway, our guest is a uh, is a multi platinum selling recording artist. Uh, she's a guitar player, singer, songwriter. Um, she's, uh, she's been in a bunch of bands. The Bangles was, uh, was her first big band, big, big splash. But then she's been in the Continental Drifters with Susan Cowsill and some other guests we've had, Psycho Sisters, and, uh, now Action Skulls. So we'll we'll get into all this, but without further ado, Miss Vicki Peterson. Welcome, Vicki. Hey, guys. Hi. I've just been eavesdropping this whole time. Lying down. Sure, sure. No. Oh, good. <laughs> Lying down. down. <laughs> good for you. I wish I could lie. If I lie down right now, I'm going to pass You're out. You're just going to, yeah, yeah going yeah, go, to go out. <laughs> yeah. Welcome, Vicki. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Where, where are you right now? Where are you right now? I'm actually, um, I'm in my studio and um, I'm, uh, we live in the Santa Monica Mountains, just uh, outside of Los Angeles. Okay. And uh, I'm having Mardi Gras in exile. You guys don't know how lucky you have it. There is no Mardi Gras in Los Angeles, at least not that I've been able right. to find. So, There was one Mardi Gras at the Farmer's Market. The Farmer's Market. Yes. Hey, it's funny you say that. That is the one place I've gone where they had a band and we yeah. could dance. And uh, yeah. and it was fun, and that was probably I don't know twelve years ago. <laughs> well, I went to one at Farmers Market around I think it was the late eighties, early nineties. Do you know Nancy Steiner? No, uh, she's a she's a costume person. She's oh, a, cool. an award winning wardrobe person. She's worked with Sofia Coppola and stuff like mm, that. Nice. So, where did you grow up in L.A.? I grew up in the San Fernando Valley, and oh, then. So you're a valley girl. I, You're a valley. I, I'm a valley girl. Yeah. What? And then I went to high school in uh, an area called the South Bay. Which, okay. Uh, so you grew up, you were born in the valley. Yeah. Uh, Northridge. I was born in Burbank. Burbank. Grew up in Northridge. Yep. Okay. So 
Do you know, Vicky? Do you know that two days ago was the uh, 49th anniversary of the February 9th Northridge Northridge earthquake? Do you know that? I did see that somewhere. Yeah. You, were you in in the valley during the earthquake? I was alive, and I was in the valley. How was, so? How old were you in seventy one? I was in Northridge. Uh, I was in, I think, the sixth grade, seventh grade. Okay, and, um, because I, I grew up in uh, uh, West the West L, West L A, like Mar Vista, Santa yeah, Monica, mm -hmm. and I remember the seventy one earthquake like it was like yesterday because me and my brother had bunk beds oh, and fun. I was on, and I was on the I was on the top bunk bed and it was like what six in the morning yep. when the earth yep yeah and I was I was bounced from the top bunk bed all the way like 12 feet high onto the floor and I was like seven years old you know and I was in the middle of you know a deep sleep and I just remember um like a probably like you probably remembered it was like the most shocking thing ever the earth was moving we didn't know what the hell it was yeah, what, what is that about I, I really thought the world was coming to an end too yeah exactly <laughs> but and of course you know it was my mom and dad and the and the three kids and we all just ran into our parents bed and my dad being the macho man that he was was like uh, all right everyone calm down everyone calm. and he put on the am radio it was always about the radio what's going on and it was like you know, uh, KBC 790. And it was like, okay, if you're living in Northridge, you might be dead. Yeah. If you're living somewhere else. And that's when the freeway collapsed and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The hospital. I remember, yeah, yeah we had, um, I had closet doors that were sort of those 60s uh, hinged doors and they were just swinging open and shut and open and shut. And I, I also thought, I thought the world was, was coming to an end. And I was able to get out to the other part of the house, but I had to go through the kitchen and there was all this broken glass everywhere. So right. it was, it was harrowing. And, uh, um, I had, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was telling, I was briefly chatting with Renee the other day and we were talking about being Catholic. I had this nun who was a teacher and she was this doomsayer, everything. She thought that the world is going to end. There were signs in the sky all the time and i tell you when i woke up that morning i thought sister kevin was right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well i just thought uh, and then as i got older and, and experienced more and more earthquakes in los angeles one of the funnest things was was trying to walk while the earth was shaking <laughs> that's a good you yeah know? Down a walking, hallway. Yeah, if you're walking down the hallway from your bedroom to the kitchen or whatever, and right. trying to walk, it was like being in, you know, like in, uh, in a in a wave, like one of those outsider waves in Malibu, you know, where it's all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm going to ride this one, and it yeah. just fucking takes you <laughs> fucking crazy. Exactly. But, yeah. It's a very disturbing experience, and some people, you know, it's. Um, you know, compared to a hurricane that you can prepare for, you know, it obviously takes you by surprise. And there is something just elementally disquieting that the earth under your feet is moving. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, that's, I've, said that, I've said that to a lot of people here in New Orleans. You know, you can you can see the hurricane coming, but the yeah. earthquake, you can't, you, you, you don't, except for, uh, I've told people down here is, except for uh, there, if, if there's a drastic change in weather, then maybe the an earthquake. If it goes from really cold to really hot in 24 hours in SoCal, that's what they call earthquake weather. Earthquake weather. Those, or yeah, vice Anna. versa. Mm -hmm. Vice versa, where it goes really hot to really cold, 
then you're going to get something. And it's, okay, it's some you know, sometimes the right traction of the, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, it's just something you can't, you can't predict, but if you, if you can notice it, then you can prepare, prepare for it in some way. It, it's just nuts, you know? And if you have a cat, that's helpful too. Because well, the animals, yeah, the, the animals, animals. When you, when you see the animals start running into the hills and stuff like that, <laughs> you know, you know, there, either there's a tidal wave coming or, um, you know, Tyler Perry has a new movie out. Or something like that, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Now, Vicky, I was curious. You, you, you played guitar, like, even as a kid, and uh, now your, your sister, Debbie, was playing drums that whole time? Or are you all from a, a musical family? Or how, uh, what, how, does that, how does that begin? With yeah, it's a, bit of a, it's a bit of a mystery, other than the fact that we had parents who, luckily for us, really liked pop radio and let us listen to it pretty much all the time so that was um encouraging and we had we just had it playing all the time in the house and and no we uh, other than yes i i got a guitar when i was young i was in the fourth grade i think i tucked my parents into buying me an electric guitar and before that it's with you know plastic guitars from sears but um Mm -hmm. my sister was just innately talented as is my my younger brother as well and she basically if you know if we had needed anything if we had needed you know a glockenspiel she would have like oh i got it i'm on it i got it um she could just she just did a lot she did years of of air drumming air bass playing and air guitar playing and it paid off and so when she was about 14 i think or 15 was i 15 maybe um we sat her down at a drum kit and just, cause we needed it. I was in a band with my best friend and we needed a drummer. And, uh, and it was just like, here, just try this. And she literally, maybe 44 seconds, you know, she just had it. It was kind of huh. ridiculous. She do it right away. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so when you say your parents are listening to the same music that you like, so are they listening to like KMET or KHJAM or KLOS? What it are they listening to? KHJ, baby. KRLA and KHJ, yeah. KRLA, yeah. <laughs> until, these- yeah, until the 70s, and then we switched over to FM, of course. Right. Oh, well, that's cool. And your parents are from California also? No, uh, my father was. My father is a second-generation Californian, and um, – um, let me back that up. He, his parents actually were not from California. They're from Minnesota, but they came out to California very early in their, their life together. And, uh, so my father was born out here. My mother migrated from Michigan oh, okay. at the age of 19, you know, knew nobody out here except for a second cousin and just, you know, did that thing that people can do sometimes where they get on a train and go somewhere where they've never been and start a new life and, I was always very impressed that she did that. Um, so yeah, and um, but my father was a California boy for sure. So where did they meet in school or something? They met at an aerospace <laughs> industry, of course, being Southern California. And yeah. my mother was a secretary, and my father was an engineer. And there you go. Oh, okay. All <laughs> and right. She had really good legs. <laughs> <laughs> she had a, she had a great design that she your dad had a nice design in- that he appreciated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, good for that. Oh, all right. Well, great. So, um, the you and your sister, uh, the the Bangles start through a, uh, a a recycler ad. Is that correct? Your your people are placing ads and uh, and. Tell well, us we'd about actually, that. yeah. Well, Debbie and I had already, you know, like I said, we we had a band. When we were in high school um, with my best friend Amanda, 
And um, we played through, you know, our senior year in high school pretty badly, actually, um, but <laughs> but managed to, to uh, start getting uh, gigs at, at, you know, bars in the South Bay and um, did that through, through my first year in uh, college. And then um, that progressed for a couple of years. And then the band kind of fell apart when Amanda decided to go get her history degree and become a, a real person. And, um, <laughs> and so Debbie and I were kind of, you know, on our own at that point. And, and then, yes, we found Susanna Hoffs through an ad in the recycler, which is, you know, the Craigslist yeah. Twitter of, of its day. And right. um, it's, it's, it's a little convoluted of a story because I didn't place the ad. Debbie didn't place the ad. Um, Susanna didn't place the ad, but she was calling in response to an ad that my roommate had placed. And my roommate had been our lead guitar player until the, the week previous to that because we had actually fired her. So, which is okay. always fun when it's your roommate. Um, sure. <laughs> and so anyway, Susanna called that ad. I picked up the phone. And the rest is history. <laughs> and and y'all y'all were the bangs at that point, right? Yes, we started off. We started off as the colors. Then we were somebody had that name. Then we were the supersonic bangs for about twenty minutes, and then Debbie said, "That's a it's long." And we're like, "Okay, we're the bangs," and we kept that name for about a year or so until this band in I want to say New Jersey, an all boy band. Um, decided that we might be worth some money because we were signed to Miles Copeland's uh, management company. And at that point they said, okay, well, $40,000 and you can keep the name. And we went, mm, no, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> we'll add a couple yeah. of letters instead. Right. Yeah. But so now it's the banks. Cause I remember, I remember, I remember, you know, cause I'm from the West side of LA going to Starwood. And, oh, great. And, yeah. Uh, Roger. Now, you guys played played as the bangs in some of those clubs, if oh, I remember. Yeah, right. yeah. definitely yeah. played the on club. Do you remember the on club and so yes, the, with the Untouchables? Uh -huh. and, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You guys played with them, and I remember going Central. to those shows. Yeah, yeah. Back in like seventy nine, eighty, mm -hmm. and stuff 80. like that. And you know, I'm I'm still in touch with a um, couple of the Untouchables today. Oh, great! Loved them yeah. so much. Yeah, and they, you know, they, I. Clyde died, you know, Clyde Grimes, he passed away mm -hmm. and he was, he was like the, the, the focus of that band, but they're continuing to go on. And with the help of, I don't know if you remember Tony Rugolo, Tony Rugolo was with a band called the question. Oh, the question, of course. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And his dad was Pete Rugolo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm still in touch with Tony to this day because oh, we were nice. like, we have high school connections and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I remember that. I remember that whole scene. And if I could get out, you know, on a weeknight, it, it was tough. But I used to go see all those stuff, all that stuff at the On Club and the Starwood and stuff like that. Yeah. It was a scene. It was a great scene. It was going a great on. scene. And then there was, yeah, uh, yeah. the Central Club eighty eight. Club eighty eight. <laughs> yes, that was a great. I, I great love club. that place. You know, and, and you could, you know, not like, it was so easy here in New Orleans if you want to go out as a 15-year-old and drink booze and all that. But in L.A., it was a little harder, you know. Oh, yeah. No, you can't even and, compare. 
Yeah, you can't even compare to that stuff. So the bangs, and then they become the bangles. And Susanna was from the valley also, wasn't she? No, she was from the Santa Monica, Brentwood area. Oh, okay. Oh, so, okay. All right. Annette Zelenskis is y'all's bass player at this point, right? She was, yes, early on. Yes. And, and full circle, she's playing with y'all again now, right? Yeah, we've we've reconnected with Annette, and which has been just lovely because she's just a delightful human being, and um, and and plus it kind of inspired us to go back and and uh, look at some of our really earliest stuff. We did that through a project because we were uh, re releasing uh, early demos and our earliest recordings on a, a record called "Ladies and Gentlemen, the Bangles," and uh, so it kind of re sparked this interest in our really early stuff that and and some of the reconnection with some of our paisley underground pals right right so so yeah that that y'all were y'all were kind of lumped into that movement uh rain parade dream syndicate you know there's this band i played with green on red uh in the the later 80s who were (laughs) who were kind of who were kind of lumped into that but but now i don't see their name so much when people refer back to that time i don't i don't know how it's uh how that was seen at the time but Green on Red, who I just adored, um, were definitely friends. They were kind of Paisley adjacent. They weren't really, okay. um, um, but they were definitely in our scene for sure. So y'all are the band, the Bangs. Annette's uh, in the band, but then uh, Annette leaves to to go uh, start Blood on the Saddle. She has a successful career with that. Y'all change your name to the Bangles. Get uh, Michael Steele on bass, and then you have this tight four-person unit and you're you're uh, poised for superstardom so <laughs> so uh, oh yeah and it was that easy <laughs> right 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 well I, I was i was looking at your career i was thinking you know if, if someone wanted to to uh you know uh, model themselves they should follow you you know have a, an exemplary <laughs> career of of uh, street cred and superstardom and you know they should just just copy that but oh my uh, gosh <laughs> But well, well, tell us about that. I mean, it must have been shocking to to go from play in small clubs and and uh, you know have that kind of I don't know. Tell us about that. Well, you know, it's funny because it was one of those classic overnight successes that took about three or four years um, of right. slogging it out to, to achieve um, because we were still playing small clubs and even um, you know after Michael joined the band. Um, we were touring in vans. We were opening for Cindy Lauper, which was our big, um, our our biggest, uh, you know, opportunity Break, at that of. point. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. kind of. In that, we were able to play, you know, like ridiculously large arenas and that kind of thing, which was very, very different. But really, as far as you know, climbing up the ladder, as it were, um, our first release on. CBS Columbia um, didn't really spark a huge hit. We had a, um, a college radio hit with Hero Takes a Fall, and it, you mm. know it charted somewhere. I don't know numbers. Um, it was enough, luckily, to get the attention of Prince, but which which was lovely. Um, right. But you know, so really, we we did a lot of um, a lot of touring and very um, on a very non glamorous level for quite a while but vicky do you think i mean because this is the early 80s and mtv music videos made stars out of tons of people and 
LA, the LA scene in that in that in that era, you had the Go Go's too, mm-hmm. and you had a lot of girl uh, other girl bands. I remember there was uh, the Pebbles band, which was that mod band in LA, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. were very popular. And um, so, do you think, uh, in some ways, that uh, I don't know, maybe you guys just got to too clustered in the whole thing where it didn't really happen for you until you had that, that one hit that, uh, 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 you know, you met Prince and didn't Prince do Manic Monday for you guys? Prince wrote Manic Monday and, and yeah. sent it to us. Yeah. Right. Uh, which was great. But you had know, you ever I, met him before? We, we had, we'd met him. Um, he came to a couple of shows and then, um, and then sent the cassette, a cassette tape over with, <laughs> which I have copies of, um, with that song and another song on, on it too. Um, and we chose Manic Monday because it felt like something that we could have written. Right. Mm-hmm. Enter the word should have written, um, <laughs> but yeah. could have, could have written. Um, and it, it just felt, it felt, it felt great. You know, it felt good. Kind of well, I remember, I remember being a young man in the early '80s, and then uh, and the Go Go's with all their success, and then you you guys came kind of right after them mm-hmm. with your success, and it it just it, I don't know for me in some ways it seemed like I don't know who the Go Go's label was and who your label they was. They were on IRS. They were on we were IRS. On, okay, we were on Columbia. Yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of like you know these competing girl bands and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, except for that the, they'd already broken up by the time we were signed. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. They were sort of already doing other things. Um, oh, well, that's great then. Yeah, I mean, I, I was really <laughs> defensive about it, and it's funny because uh, actually I adore the Go Go's, and they are friends, and they are friends of mine. Mm. Um, I've toured with the Go-Go's and, and uh, you know, so I, I have, there's no animosity at all, but back in the day, I was oh. very sensitive to the fact that everybody was comparing our band to the Go-Go's and which, you know, understandable, of course, but it's also ridiculous. And you named a couple of, you right. know, all female bands. There were, there were several that were really, really good too. Yes. You know, we had Pandora's were happening. Um, there was a there was a couple of you know rock, real rock bands start, starting to happen at that time. Um, but the first night we met Miles Copeland, who, as you know, probably uh, also managed the Police, which was more interesting to me than the fact that he ran IRS Records, which was the Go Go's label. Um, mm-hmm. When he started showing interest in us, my first comment to him was like, "We." we're not going to be anyone's poor man's go-go's dude. You know, it's like this, you think this right. is going to work out for you because the go-go's have, you know, gone on hiatus or have split up. And, you know, so I, it, I was really very defensive about that at the time. Well, that, I'm so glad you said that. Cause that's where I was leading to. Yeah. That's where I was. I'm so happy you just said that. Cause that was my whole thing. That was yeah. Funny. It really, you know, for a while it was, uh, and to this, <laughs> to this day, to be honest, um, pretty much every, interview, review, any piece of press or any conversation, even with a journalist or, or you know, many people actually, um, the first paragraph contained the word, the Go-Go's. And right. so it was really very difficult. It felt for a while to just be able to stand on our own. And, um, right. you know, which ultimately we have and we do. But, um, you know, it was just like, we're the other all-girl band from LA, you know. <laughs> but but there were 
several. So, you know. Right, right. And and you guys wound up having uh, like the the entire decade. You guys had had one hit after another of, of the eighties, and uh, and you know to to the point of of worldwide smashes. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, internationally, we were probably more successful. Yes, yes. And uh, you know, I was, I'm thinking back. Uh, I don't recall seeing anything in the press ever about, uh, you know, um, uh, drug issues with you guys or, uh, you know, people falling apart. Boring. <laughs> right, right, right. No, well, no, that's great. That's that's that's, that's great. That that uh, you know, you you think having your sister there helped to to keep you all grounded? I don't know. Um, no, it wasn't that. It was really just who we were and who we are. Yeah. Um, the right. four of us were were pretty conscientious about what we were doing, and um, until you met Michael Jackson, exactly, then it all went to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever meet Michael Jackson? No, no never met Michael Jackson. Oh, okay. No, no, met no, some of there. some of our some of our heroes. No, for me, moving to New Orleans was that's when I learned how to drink. <laughs> the oh, Continental okay. Drifters was the death of me. Uh, okay, no. <laughs> kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. No, but we were we were not we were not into that scene really at all. I mean, we had a good time, and we you know we could right. stay up all night, but we could manage to do it without blow. So I don't know. <laughs> right. Well, that's the thing I've always I've always been curious about uh, female rock stars because you think of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Of course. You know, for you know for rock stars and all that. But I've always felt well, it's got to be so much different for female rock stars. Yes, because yeah. you don't have, do you have do you have like male groupies and stuff like that who are you know hanging on trying to meet you and they'll do anything for you that kind of stuff. Well, we had fans and we had some very ardent fans, um, <laughs> but because you know, and and again, it's just it's just what what are you looking for? What are you looking for in life? And what are you looking for in your career? And um, believe me, I know many female musicians who would laugh at your statement because they'd be like, what are you talking about, dude? Um, of course, you know, of course, if, if, you know, handsome guy in the third row, you know, is showing up, yeah, go. So, you know, I mean, it just depends on who you are. I, I am just, that's not me. I'm just not that guy. So right. you guys were trying to be the Beatles, right? I mean, that's, that's kind of, kind of where you saw yourself, uh, you know, vocal, strong vocal group, <laughs> writing your own songs, tight, tight little unit. Well, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> no, I mean it's a, it's a it's a great template, you know. I I saw I saw I was actually watching you. Uh, this was great. It was a, a clip from the the Joan Rivers late night show, oh, which God. didn't run yeah. for just a few months. But there you guys were, all four of you oh, on yeah. the panel with her, and and you're talking about how you know the Beatles, the Birds, and Buffalo Springfield were your, right, your triumvirate right. of of influences. The bees. That's yes, the three that, that's partially true. Yes. And then, you know, ultimately we realized we were just a, a kind of a sloppy garage band with really nice harmonies. And that's probably the, <laughs> that's, that's true to this day. And who doesn't love that? I mean, that's and uh, who doesn't love that. Exactly. Who was your producer right. for your hit records? Who produced them? The first two CBS records were uh, done by um, David Kahn. Um, and yes. then our third record was Davit Sigerson. And as far as I'm concerned, he saved, he saved our lives, even though the band was breaking up <laughs> in front uh -huh. of his eyes. But, um, but he, he was just a gem. 
Excellent. Nice. Well, Renee, listen, I think it's our halftime point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it seems seems like that. It seems like that, Manny. Yeah. It's a special so, moment. No, well, no, Vicky. Uh, can I call you Vicky? You may call. <laughs> what What else would you like to call me? <laughs> you can call me anything. Well, okay. Let's let's. Back no, that well, up. no, you know, I'm not going to do that. that. No, 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 no. No, I'm no this is the point <laughs> of the show where we uh, go refill our libation. And the troubled nation knows the drill, and we take a break for a few seconds. And uh, you, if you want to, you know, use the bathroom or get another glass of wine or uh, pet your cat, uh, do that now because we always take a few minutes off, and we'll be right back, right, Renee? Yes, we'll be right back. Sounds good. I'm gonna go uh, get a cat. Right okay, now. <laughs> go get a cat. <laughs> go get a cat. <laughs> go buy a cat. Okay, I'll be back. Bye. <laughs> There's a watermark, the tears are all dried and leaving a stain On an empty heart where nothing is right, ain't nothing like great Oh, and when it falls down on me Oh, and when it falls down on me Back with Mr. Manny Chevrolet. I am Renee Coleman. Back with our guest, Miss Vicki Peterson. Now, Vicki, we have a terrific uh, sponsor that we've been associated with uh, really uh, all year long, uh, pretty much. So, uh, Manny, why don't you go ahead and tell Vicki about this terrific product? Vicki. Hey. Vicki. Tell me. Tell me. Sell me. It's, it's blind prostitutes. You really <laughs> have to hand it to them. Uh, you got to hand it to him. <laughs> yeah. Was that a Manny joke? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Manny joke. Yes, it is a Manny joke. <laughs> but no, our, our, I got to tell you about this great Vicky. Yes. Are you listening to I'm me, listening. Vicky? I'm listening. I'm selling. All right. I'm going to be like Robert De Niro and Raging Bull. I go, Vicky. <laughs> Vicky. No. Um, Vicky, it, I'm talking about the Velo Bar. Ah, yes. The Velo Bar. You know about the Velo Bar? <laughs> I know nothing. You, you know, know nothing, about, know the nothing about the Velo Bar. I'm going to tell you about the Velo Bar okay. right now, Vicky. Tell me right now. This is a CBD bar. Oh, I do love that. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's a healthy protein bar. It's got 25 milligrams of CBD per bar. Comes in two great flavors, dark chocolate and peanut butter. And this kind of bar helps you take the stress off of what we're dealing with in today. Right now. Yeah, right yeah, now. Right now. Right now. You're dealing with me. So you I can am. use this bar right now. I could. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a healthy protein bar that'll fill you up and calm you down. And it's a stress relief bar. And who doesn't need relief right now? I don't because know. Because we're living in a world that's crazy. 
It's a plant-based bar full Love of protein that. from super food ingredients like pumpkin seeds, hemp hearts, and chia seeds. It could be a great breakfast bar. It's a great bar after a workout or maybe work it in your garden, in your yard. It's, <laughs> it, it's an amazing bar. It's called the Velo Bar, V-E-L-O Bar. And I'm right sold. now, Vicky, Vicky, right now, if you go to VeloBarCBD.com. Right now? And use, well, yeah, we're right now or right tomorrow. Now. Okay. Right now. Yeah, you can leave the show right now. Just okay. go. Yeah. No, no. Go to VeloBar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go to CBD.com And if you order and use the Troubled Men 1-5 discount code, you'll get 15% off your order. Well, that's 15. something, isn't it? Yes, 15 And, Renee, what do we love? The free shipping, Manny. You get free oh. shipping, Vicky. Yeah, but you know what, Vicky? Since yes. you're a guest of the show, we're going to send you a free packet of Velo bars. You're tonight. not really. Yes, we yes, are. We yes. are. Yes. yes, we are. Yes, we are. We're going to send you a free goodie bag of Velo bars since you're a guest. And this is something the CEO of the company said about a month ago that we have to do. This is the best guests. ever. It is the best ever because we're not paying you to be on the show. No, so I know that. Some- I got that. I giving you some free bars, you know. <laughs> and if you like yeah. them, spread, spread the word around. Oh yeah. And tell all you know, tell all your friends, and it, it's exciting. So it's called the Velo Bar. It's a CBD uh, a bar, and uh, tell all your friends. And if uh, tell your friends are now the nation knows the troubled nation knows to go to VeloBarCBD.com to order get 50% off using the troubled man one five promo code and there's always free shipping but you know after the show we'll get your digits vicky and we're going to send you a care package okay this makes me very happy oh excellent right it yeah, also makes good. me happy because right you said when you first tar- started talking about the velo bar i'm thinking it's a new bar in new orleans that only sell oh. CBD products, and it's no, going to no, be no, closed no. because of Mardi Gras. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> so this is this much is happier actually, news. This is actually a, a, a company started by a buddy of mine from Los Angeles who probably saw you at the Starwood. There you go. <laughs> and, and, and in the On Club, and he now lives in New Jersey, and we've been buddies since we were 14 years old. Oh, I love it. And he started this company, and he heard about the podcast, and he said, well, let me advertise on the podcast and let's start giving giving freebies out. See, this know? is how it happens, folks. This is how exactly. it happens. That's right. Exactly. So check it out and, and we'll get your digits later. But Renee, anything else? Um, yes. Well, as always, if you want to support the podcast directly, you can jump on that PayPal link in the uh, the show notes or the, uh, the, the Facebook page and... Uh, you know, support the Trouble Men podcast and, and a shout out to uh, Lisa McGoffrin, a former Hellcat from uh, Memphis, Tennessee, who uh, who uh, chipped in in the, the uh, cocktail fund this uh, this uh, week. Now. So, so thank thank you very much, Lisa. And, uh, you know, just remind everybody, if you're enjoying the show, you know, uh, subscribe, uh, you know, you rate the show, give us a five star rating, review the show and, uh, you know, share it with your friends out there. It's uh Okay, well, back to our guest, uh, Miss Vicky like Peterson. Now, now in, 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 in the timeline here, so it's uh, 1989, the Bengals are kind of winding down, and uh, people are going off to pursue different projects, but, uh, but you like being in a band is the, the, the feeling I get. You know, you're like a, yeah. a band person, like I am. I'm a you know, like, serial band member, yeah. <laughs> like, like Tom Petty, you know, it's, or, you know like, 
it's, it's just something about being in a band that's cool, you know, it's like a gang, you know, as opposed to it's being the out there, a solo artist by yourself, you know, you're, you don't have anybody to bounce ideas off of, you're, you're, it's lonely if, if you're, you know, you're having a deal with the record company, it's you against them, you don't have any, any support, but, you know, a band, you have that. But, uh, but you're kind of without a band here, and, and, and this is when the story gets really interesting, because our old friend Carlo Nucio comes into the picture. Yes, so, yes, he does. <laughs> so uh, so oh out God. there in uh, Los Angeles, uh, you know, Carlo would come from New Orleans, he was hanging out there, with, uh, working at Raji's, and the Continental Drifters, they start performing as the Continental Drifters. It's uh, Carlo and Ray Ganesho, and I guess Mark Walton, and Danny Magoo, and... and uh, now, were you friends with Susan Cowsill for a long time at this point? Or how long have you known Susan at, by, the, by the time that's going on? Yes. I, well, I met Susan back in 1978, but um, we didn't really reconnect again until the late 80s. And we did, um, we reconnected around um, early 88. And, or maybe even, okay. it might have even been 87. But, um, and then became kind of inseparable best friends. Yeah. So by the time I found myself bandless, um, Susan and I were, were, yes, absolutely BFFs, as it were, at that point. Okay. And we, were, um, and we started making music together before, not before I met the Continental Drifters. I ran into uh, Mark Walton, who I hadn't seen in quite a while. And of course, Mark Walton was the bass player for the Dream Syndicate, as he still is. Right. And um, so an old friend. And um, ran into him. Oh my! I want to say, oh my gosh! Just to make it even more convoluted, I think it was because I was. Uh-huh. I think it was when I was playing guitar with the Cowsills. Briefly, they were doing some uh, shows around Los Angeles, and I was their auxiliary guitar player for a minute. Which, which I have to tell you, was a dream come true because I was a yeah. huge Cowsills fan, and right. um, so I was just found myself in this little cloud situation and ran into Mark Walton and he said, you got to come see this band I've been playing with at down at Raji's. And so that's where Susan and I went to see the Continental Drifters for the first time. And that is a night I will not forget because we sat there, watched these guys play music that to me sounded like it, this, these songs must have been written in the forties or something. They were so, so perfectly formed Americana country rock, uh, you know, it just this great amalgam of, of styles that I loved. Everybody in the band was fantastic. Everybody was a great singer. Everyone was a great player. And of course, Susan and I at that point had started writing together and had performed, I think, one time as the Psycho Sisters. And we look at each other okay. and go, oh my God, these guys should be our band. That's, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> nice. it's like, that's, yeah, that's not, um, what's the word I'm looking for? That's chutzpah right there. Um, sure. That's good. No, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> we were showing some balls there, but we also said, but they'll have to all stop smoking. <laughs> it's like, like, that wasn't yeah. going to happen yet. So, so after you saw, <laughs> so after you saw them at, at so Vicky, after you saw them at Raji's and you were hooked on the drifters, did Carlo borrow money from you? <laughs> Not yet. No. Okay. No, All that, right. was, that was later. <laughs> Are you speaking uh, from experience there, Manny? Yes, yes. Okay. I'm speaking I got it. from tons of experience. I do understand. Of, from Carlo Nuccio, <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Well, let's go back to the Dream Syndicate. Oh, the Dream Syndicate. Uh, uh, that I saw them play Halloween Night, like in the mid '80s, at the Roxy, and that was one oh, of the wow. most emotional shows I've ever seen in my life. It was like a show that floored me as a young man. It yeah. floored me. Like it, they could do that. Yeah, they could do that. They I mean, do. they had the, they had these like songs that went on for like 25 mm -hmm. minutes or whatever oh yeah and, and you wouldn't even bother going to the bar to get another drink you would just sat there memorize and 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 when i mean the guy is a genius is he not steve yeah yeah yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. We we played a couple of shows with them. Of course, we you know I went to as many Dream Syndicate shows as I could, but we actually shared bills with them a few times. And I remember one time, of course, we were opening because that's what because we were the girls, so we had to open. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I looked at our set list, and we had I think twenty two songs uh, for a forty minute set <laughs> because all our songs were different songs. Um, right. And I looked and they at the, had, they had six songs. They had seven like, actually. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Or like a two-hour <laughs> set, two, two right? Two-and-a-half-hour set, yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, such a great band. And, and, and really. And who was their bass player? What was her name? That's Mark Walton. Oh, right. That's right, Mark right, Walton. Right, yeah. And yeah. he's okay. yeah. he was in the Continental Drifters. Yes. Magic. Yes. Right. Magic. Okay. That's right. He was amazing. Oh, that my God. Mark amazing. and Carlo were a great team. Rhythm section. Oh my yeah, gosh. they were great. Yeah. Mark okay. and Russ are a great rhythm section, obviously, but just just he, Mark Walton is magic. Yeah, good yeah. time. You and Susan wind up worming your way into the Continental Drifters. We and, and, did, and if and, and then you <laughs> then uh, and then somehow Hole's Apple gets in the band too, and then you relocate to New Orleans. Well, Hole's Apple got in before we did. I think Danny. Okay. For whatever reason, Danny made his move out, and Peter just wanted to play keyboards, and he wasn't going to do anything else. But of course, he ended up producing, I think, their first demo. And, um, uh -huh. uh, and famous last words, Peter saying, oh, and I don't want to write or sing or anything in this band. And of course, that didn't last <laughs> either. <laughs> right. But um, yeah, so just genius people. So, so Peter was there. Um, and Susan and I, we didn't have any desire to join the band. We just were in love with them on so many levels <laughs> and, um, uh -huh. and loved playing with them and just wanted to sing harmonies with them. And, um, and, ha and they did actually back us up on a couple of Psycho Sister songs for those early Raji appearances. It was just, we were just like kind of special guests. And then, okay. and then we took a trip to New Orleans together in an RV, which we dubbed the Rolling Vatican. And, um, Along with one of your other former guests, Dave Catching was was on that yes, trip yes. too. Yes, it was. Wow, Dave Catching shows up in more situations. Oh my god, man. yeah. It's it's you. you I'm, I'm reading about somebody has nothing to do with him, and like, well, one thing like Ringling Sisters, you know, which I know is a band oh, yeah. that was in, and absolutely, and, 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 and Gary. And I'm reading, I'm reading the list. I'm like, oh, Dave Catching was in that fucking band. Jesus, there Christ, you go, man. Yeah, he's he's everywhere. He 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 is. Yes, he is the world, Dave. Now he would be if Muses was rolling. He would be in town tonight playing with Susan in the pink, in pink slip, slip. Band. yeah. Because they roll, they roll with with Muses and a, a bunch of other parades right? usually, and so, so Dave would be in town with the fabulous Sue yes. and Jimmy Ford. Yes, yes, yes. Pink um, slip. Oh, that's so, see, yes. see, that should be happening right now, right? 
Yep, yeah. yep. They'd be rolling yeah. right now. Uh, so, 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 so you, you, you make it back to new Orleans in the RV and you guys, you, you, that's when you, <laughs> you learn to start drinking. You said, uh, <laughs> well, new Orleans. It, yeah, almost in that order. Yes, exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, I, actually, I think we, we landed at Jimmy Ford's place and he immediately, and it was, I think four in the morning and he immediately made us uh, margaritas. So there you go. Okay. <laughs> that, was, that was our, that was breakfast. Um, right, right. So yeah, I learned I learned the New Orleans way. Then the then the Continental Drifters have uh, another like decade of of you know you guys were named uh, like best unsigned band at one time and, and <laughs> you know by Rolling Stone and and then but then you got signed and and uh, you know you're a critics darling and played shows all over the place and you know it was this kind of family group um, you know you had. Peter and Susan married, you yeah. had their child on the road with you. And, you know, I just, I, I often imagine, I was asking Russ about that, like, once he got in the band, like, what was that like? To <laughs> just, you know, it's, it's like a lot of different people, a lot of, it's a, it's a yeah. lot. Now, I, I imagine when, when Carlo was, was on, the, on the road with you, you know, he was taking <laughs> up a huge amount of space, but uh, I, I don't know what you mean. enough space for him or something. <laughs> Yeah, Fleetwood Mac had nothing on us. Absolutely, it's, it was okay. <laughs> pretty, pretty dramatic stuff going on. Um, yeah, I need to write that stuff down one day. Uh, it really, it, yeah. it was, it was phenomenal. And and Russ came in sort of when things were really interesting. Um, but it was, you know, I've said this before, but I still believe it, and that the Continental Drifters saved my life because I was not in a great place. Um, in uh, in 1989 1990 and they made me fall in love with music again and um nice. in a way that really no one had since the beatles at that point you know they they influenced my heart in a way that hadn't happened since i was a child and um wow and so it will always be they will always be near and dear and i never say that we broke up and we will always be you know the 85 year old sitting on somebody's porch you know somewhere and and that could happen. Right, right. Yeah, well, and, and you still have a very close association with Susan, obviously. I mean, you, yeah, you wound was... up marrying her marrying her brother. You are a cow cell <laughs> now, technically speaking, I, I mean, yes. legally speaking. <laughs> We're real yes. sisters. D- despite yeah, her yeah. warnings, and she did warn me. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she tried to warn me. But did I listen? No. <laughs> well, you're... you're, you're at least, at least you're on the west coast. You're on the west coast. You're not here. That that that'll save you. I know. I know. I think she's you know. she's still mad at me for marrying her brother. I think on some level, but but um, you know, Peter Hosapple and I shared the same apartment. He lived above the Circle at Bar at the Circle Bar time. Yeah, I remember that place absolutely. I remember Peter's place there. He moved out, and I moved into his apartment. Oh, okay. I stayed, I stayed above the Circle Bar for about six years. Oh. And uh, the one the one thing that he left, you know, he moved all his furniture out and stuff. But did he leave my four track? No, I didn't find any four. <laughs> I found a couple of dead pigeons and a bottle of really cheap gin. There you go. There <laughs> well, you go. did it kill the pigeons? Oh, I'm sorry. well, maybe that killed the pigeons. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. But it was a great apartment. And that circle bar is no longer uh, there uh, That anymore. breaks my heart. I'd heard that. That just yeah. breaks my heart. Yeah. Yeah. 
and uh, and uh, there uh, the circles now they're debating what to call it. It's no yeah. longer Lee it's circle. Not Lee circle. It's the circle. Uh, um, it, it, they tried to name it. Yes, harmony. Circle yeah, is possible. Uh, yeah. Suggestion. I think they should name it the homeless circle because there's so many homeless people that live there now. Yeah, they should just true. name it that, you know. But uh, okay. anyway, what are you going to do? Right, right. Is it, but the building's still there, right? With circle ball. Yeah, well, it's okay, still sorry. the yeah, circle yeah. ball building for now. Okay. For now, we'll, we'll see what happens. Mm. You know, it's a historic site apparently it is because apparently building. the first female doctor in New Orleans lives there. So, Love that. Uh, uh, so it, it has some historical value, you know. But the woman who owns that property probably doesn't give a shit she about, doesn't care that. about that. Yeah, she maybe she does. Maybe she will. Well, you never know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she was a patient. She's so old. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have no idea. <laughs> All right, Renee, what do you got? <laughs> well, I was, I was going to, uh, you know, so one thing I, I, I realized I kind of jumped over, um, Vicky, is at the time that you, you jumped over uh, Vicky? That's quite a feat. I jumped over. Right, right. Um, yeah. At the time that, that uh, the Bangles recorded September Girls on your second record, I think it was your second mm -hmm. record, I don't know. Um, I was playing with Alex Chilton. Oh, love that. And, yeah. And when you guys covered that song, I mean, it took a while for the, the publishing to work its way through the channels and actually get to him, but that changed his life in a way that, oh. you know, he, he, he was living with, with uh, you know, no telephone, no television, you know, in a, a comfortable apartment, but a small apartment. And, you know, it was... It, it was very, uh, you know, close to the bone, and you guys putting that on that that huge record was really, really did did great things for him. So you know, and thank know you for saying fan. that. Thank you for saying that because I actually never really knew from him because I, I did, of course, um, when I was in New Orleans. We did cross paths several times. We played together. He played with the Drifters. The Psycho Sisters opened for him um, a couple of times at the Howlin' Wolf. And, and he couldn't have been sweeter 50% of the time. It's like every other time I met him, he was, you know, depend, you didn't know which Alex you were going to get. But but right. I did love the opportunity that we, we did sort of connect later in life. But the first time um, we were so excited to see him, it was backstage at the palace. Manny, do you remember the palace? Sure. Okay. Yeah, Coanga, yeah. Yeah, we had just... I don't remember if we'd played or we'd gone to see somebody over there. Panther Burns were playing. That's why it was the Panther Burns were there. And so we went backstage to tell him that we had just covered September Girls and that how much we loved the song. And, and do you want to hear it? We have a version of it. And he had no interest in hearing our, our version right. of it. I have no idea if he knew who we were at all or cared. Um, he, he didn't want to hear it. And, and his quote was, well, I hope I make some damn money. So I was like, yeah. well hope you do too and it's been lovely to meet you <laughs> right, <laughs> i'm going right. to fast forward about 12 years when i'll actually see you again and we'll have a fabulous conversation but you know but so right. I'm, I'm happy to hear that it did actually trickle down and he did actually get something out of that because it's one of my, one of my favorites so was that panther burn show that uh well it would it would have been probably 86 maybe okay. maybe 80 okay well, probably 86 that was 
I was I was probably on that gig actually. <laughs> there you um, go. <laughs> Were you? Yeah, yeah, because I played. Play, yeah, yeah, because I played with the Panther Burns too. And you toured with them. Oh God, because you're a yeah, serial yeah, yeah. band member as well. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like being in bands myself. Yeah, no, I get I get the appeal. Like, you know, people say, like, uh, Daryl Hall, why does he need John Oates? They say, oh, yeah? so he won't be alone, you know? I mean, yeah. not, that, not that John Oates isn't talented, but, you know, he's company, first of all, you know? Um well, and and I and I have to have to thank you again for when we when after Alex passed away we we had the jazz fest uh, Alex Chilton tribute and yeah. Susan uh, dragged you in and you came and sang harmony uh, that day with us and it was it was a thrill uh, to have uh, have that whole group of people and have you there contributing to that that, that was, was an uh, absolute thank pleasure thank you so much for that that was a pleasure yeah I just loved Alex. So your your time in the Drifters, uh, you know, that kind of runs its course. You have a, a great run, put out a bunch of cool records, and then that that kind of you know runs its course. But uh, meanwhile, the the Bangles are still kind of in contact, and 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 you guys actually kind of reform in in like '98 or something to to to. Uh, record a, a soundtrack song or something yeah it was it was 99 um i actually started reconnecting with Susanna probably around 98 or so um maybe even actually a little earlier and we kept getting offers to do these sort of 80 packaged nostalgia tours that i had no interest whatsoever in doing and you know, I remember saying at the time, I never want to sing Walk Like an Egyptian again. I don't remember the lyrics. And if I did, I would be have to be put into a straitjacket. And, you know, I, that's how I was feeling at the time. Um, right. Completely not how I feel about that song or any of the Bengal songs now, actually, because I thoroughly enjoy them. But, um, but we did, I was only interested in rebangling if we were going to be moving forward as a real band and writing new music and, you know, doing something that felt meaningful. So that did get, mm -hmm. that finally did come to fruition. And um, we, again, <laughs> again with the cassette tapes, but we started passing cassettes back and forth in the mail. Cause that's how you did long distance songwriting back then. Um, right. <laughs> there was no file sharing. You mailed a cassette sure. to your friend. <laughs> so uh -huh. we started writing some nice. songs and, and we did end up back in the studio for um, the film, The Spy Who Shagged Me, which is um, directed by Jay Roach, who happens to be sleeping with Susanna because they're married. Okay. Um, but yeah, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, so we did get a song in that movie, which was, which was fun. And that kind of re-kicked in our, um, you know, our, our joy of playing together. Right. And you guys wind up making a, a few more new records of, of new music, and and at that time, and 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 really, y'all have been playing from then till now, till the present, right? Yes, sporadically, but um, but yeah, we did. Um, we we made two records: Doll Revolution and um, Sweetheart of the Sun, which actually we just just released both of those on vinyl, which is fun. Oh, nice. Um, yes, nice. and so we have some limited vinyl out there in the world or coming out there very soon. And because, um, you know, I'm really proud of those records, actually. We, it was the, the first time I think we felt uh, absolutely in charge of what was going on in the studio. Um, we did have, a, a, we co-produced the first one with Brad Wood, who's just a 
lovely human being. I love Brad Wood. Isn't he great? I I love, I'm such a huge fan. You know, I was just going to ask you if you were friends with any of these female artists from like the 90s who like like Liz Fair and and Uh, that I love Liz Fair. Yes. And uh, Veruca Salt. Veruca Salt was either buddies from that era. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that band too. I love him. So Brad Wood, boy, I'd like to get, uh, maybe you can, maybe you can uh, get Brad Wood on the podcast for me. <laughs> hey, well, I can always ask. <laughs> he's, he's a charming fellow. I've never met him. I'm, I love his work. Hey, Vicky. <laughs> hey, yeah. Did you know that Aunt Jemima's changing her name? Well, I know that Aunt Jemima didn't change her name. Well, the company. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to be called the Pearl Milling Company, mm-hmm. which is probably I did hear about that. It's probably as um, f- fantastical as Aunt Jemima herself. You know, I I, yeah. I doubt there's actually a Pearl Milling Company, but maybe there is. It doesn't it's not really catchy. I don't really care for pancakes to begin with, but okay. I just thought I'd bring So these are just there. your absurd non sequiturs that you throw in around this time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, Valentine's Day is coming up this Sunday, and yeah. I don't know if you have a sweetheart. I don't do anything. Valentine's Day. No, this is actually a gift that John and I gave to each other when we first started dating even. He's kind of like, I don't, I'm not a really great gift guy. And I'm like, I don't care. And he's like, and Valentine's Day, I'm like, yeah. Gone. Don't care. Couldn't care less. So okay. we are we're one of those really annoying couples that just say every day is Valentine's Day. So we don't do Very Valentine's nice. Day. Yeah, I, I, do I'm the same way too. My wife and I are the same way. We can care less. But you know, I saw something on the news the other day about this this holiday, and they polled over 600 men and women. Uh, about Valentine's Day on what they like. And 28% said that they would like a nice romantic dinner. Mm. And then another 20% said they would like chocolates. Okay. And then another 20% said they would like flowers. And then another like uh, 18% said that they would enjoy anal. Ah, got it. Okay, well. I was wondering where you're going with this. Yeah, I'm glad you saved that for Vicky, Manny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Only only eighteen only eighteen percent. They pulled men and women. <laughs> oh, okay. Well there you go. So there you go. There you go um, then. Uh, it's the it's at, at the polling, I knew we were in trouble with the six hundred people polled. I thought yeah. that, that sounds painful. Right, yeah. Well, so I'm not sure that you actually got made it to 100% there, but that's okay. Um. <laughs> right, 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 right. Who's, who's, who's checking the math? But who's counting? And I, I was, certainly went. Now that you brought your husband, John Cowsill, up, I wanted to, to you know, we're, we're getting towards the end of the podcast, but I wanted to talk about the, your, your, one of your current bands, Action Skulls. Yes. Because not only is it you <laughs> and, and your husband, John, but you have the, the, the great actor, Billy Moomy, in your band, right? Bill Mummy, yep, absolutely, actor, yes. musician, extraordinaire, yes. and, <laughs> and and you also had you also had the bass player Rick Rosas, who, uh, yes. who I love uh, played played with uh, Neil Young for many years. For years. He's, uh, he was he was incredible. Actually, he was the most. I mean, there's Mark Walton magic, as you know, and there's Renee Coleman magic, but the, but but with 
with Rick, he just was so, so instinctive. I mean, you'd play him like, here's, here's kind of a, here's what we did. There's no bass on this, but just have a listen to it. And I don't know if he, he really even listened to it, but he would come in the studio and he just, just knew exactly what to play and what not to play. You know, he was really... It hardly looks like he's playing anything. When you see him play, it's like it, it's, he's almost not playing. <laughs> yeah, he's so amazing. Is he awake? Is he awake? Is he awake? <laughs> but he, I, I think we were, if not the last, we were one of the last recording um, projects he did. Unfortunately, we lost yeah. him very soon after we made that first Action Skulls record or finished it. And there is a track that existed from our first sessions, series of sessions, that we kind of refashioned into another song that's going to be on the upcoming Action Skulls record. So it is, it is, so Rick lives on in Action Skull history on the new Action Skulls record. Yeah. You haven't asked yet, but the name Action Skulls Mm -hmm. absolutely reflects zero percent of what our music sounds like <laughs> as, as okay. it was named it was named by two 12 year old boys john Cousel and bill Mooney, who for whatever reason thought that this would be an excellent name for a band man okay if you're sure so <laughs> you indulged your children i good, indulged good, my, good, my boys yes. oh my gosh yes, yes. they are so they are so freaking hilarious these two together but um, we've had a really good time, and um, we—it's been one of the heartbreaks of this, you know, lockdown. And in Los Angeles, we've really been locked down for you know almost a year now. Um, right. Really worse than than what Louisiana had, um, and so we haven't. I have not been over to Bill's house in over a year. And wow. um, we used to record at his place a lot. So we finished most of this record here in this studio where I'm sitting right now and John and I together. We've done things, um, you know, long distance. We, we made a video f- from two different spots for, for um, the record that we put out during the pandemic. Um, Bill wrote just, just kind of like vomited up 11 songs in, a, you know, 10 days or something. Wow. And started wow. sending them to us. And John and I just started adding vocals to them. So um, we did a we did a video for one of those that's on our our YouTube channel. But it's it, but you know, but it was we weren't in the same place. And which a lot of people are dealing with that that reality now. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's not the same. Not the same. Yeah, no, we want to be in the van. We want yeah. to be back in the van. You know, we want to be uh, shooting the shit and, and uh, you know recovering yeah. from our hangovers as we as we together listen to podcasts <laughs> driving down the road for six hours. Yes, that's our future. <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah, no, it's a future we we look towards. Like the iguanas did a live stream last week, and then we were joking during. It's like, yeah, after this live stream, we're going to go uh, sit in the van and park in the sit in the parking lot of a La Quinta. <laughs> <laughs> and just <laughs> talk for about two talk hours. Talk for an hour. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love the iguanas' dreams. I watched several of them. They make me feel like I'm back in New Orleans. But so thank you for doing those. Oh well, I, I love knowing that you're out there listening oh, to them. I am. It gives me a special charge. Oh yeah. I have to keep that in mind. <laughs> Well, so uh, you're you're counting the days like everybody else till uh, till we can get out of this. You know, I had uh, <sighs> the guy that promotes this this uh, jazz festival in Hawaii just called me up yesterday and said he's booking 
uh, June 5th for the Big Island Jazz and Blues Festival. I said, well, I'm on board. We'll see how that goes. You know, well, yeah. well let's say yes now and then we'll, we'll hope we can uh, follow through on that yes. Yeah, say yes, because actually Hawaii is probably one of the safest places to be. So if they can, if anyone can have a jazz fest, they probably can. So yeah. yeah so I'm you gonna, say I'm yes gonna... and we'll fly over. <laughs> we'll come see you. Oh, nice, nice. Oh, that would be <laughs> lovely. Well, uh, well, Vicki, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This has been a, a, a dream come true. I've wanted to get you on for a long time, and, uh, you know, sometimes uh, um, you, know, you, can, you can make those things happen. There you go. See? Good things come. <laughs> well, right. thank you so That's much right. for having me. This was, this was very weird and very fun. Yes. <laughs> Mostly weird. <laughs> okay. All right. No, we'll I'm take kidding. it. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, any further thoughts manny no no uh, uh troubled nation knows our sign off and all that kind of stuff thanks guys oh thank you so much vicky you've been fabulous excellent you. and as always in the troubled nation we like to say trouble never ends but the struggle continues good night good night you said i would and you were right most all the time but not quite you missed the mark along the way you lit the spark and it burns today I'll see you in the land of dreams I'll see you in the land of dreams Look over here, what do you see? Under the bed, up in the tree The camera's on, there's no place to hide The damage is done, in the river's wide See you in the land of dreams See you in the land of dreams There's nothing I would rather do Than dream my life away with you There's nothing I would rather do Than dream my life away with you ground is soft from all the rain But the sun will come, so don't complain We're flesh and bone, what can we do when we're alone? Baby, I want you See you in the land of dreams
dream my life away with you We're not the first, we're not the last And I've tried so hard to forget the past How many times can this repeat? The road is long until we meet I'll see you in the land of dreams I'll see you in the land of dreams I'll see you in the land of dreams